Hey guys, what's happening? Hope you're all well. Yeah, so this is going to be a little different episode. Um, a few weeks ago, I took myself down to Dundee to record an episode with Ryan McLeod. He is the creator and host of Creative Chit Chat Dundee podcast. I actually recorded this, this episode in his studio space, which is really cool. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy um, this episode. I think me and Ryan definitely kind of share similar interests about creativity and supporting creatives in our um, respective cities. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode episode and I'll catch up with you at the end. All right, see you soon. Oh, we are recording. Cool. Um, hey everyone, how's it going? Yeah, this is a little different podcast. I'm not in the Anatomy Room studio. I'm actually in Dundee at the moment. I'm in the Creative Chit Chat studio um, with Ryan McLeod from the Creative Chit Chat podcast. How's it going? I'm good, thanks. Good, yeah, really good. I know um, we was meaning to get this conversation going probably back in early January at some point. Obviously, very busy on my part and knowing you're busy as well. But yeah, I think it's like really cool actually to actually meet you in person and have this kind of conversation because you do a podcast that's very much focused on the um, Dundee's creative community and also artists as well. And and this is kind of speaking off mic and you started... But you started your podcast in April 2017 and I kind of started mine back in November 2017. And I remember, telling, you know, I heard about your podcast through somebody in Aberdeen um, last year. So I kind of looked you up on Instagram, started following and we kind of started messaging each other. So yeah, it's turned out really well. So thank you for inviting me to your studio as well. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, no worries, man. I also thanks for lunch as well. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. least I could do. <laughs> so yeah, like getting into it then, like, um, how did this all kind of come about for you then? You know, and also like we'll kind of just obviously break down a little bit about your kind of self, your kind of um your, like previous study in history and stuff. So you studied at Dundee. Yeah, yeah. 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 So ooh, that was probably about 14 or so years ago. Okay. Yeah, I studied what was called interactive media design. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did so four years and then ended up staying on to do a master's. Okay. In design. And then was down in Glasgow for a bit and worked for a sort of big digital agency. Um, and then did a sort of year away in Canada just to sort of to go and play in the snow mm-hmm. sort of thing. And then did a bit of freelancing, came back to the agency in Glasgow and decided wasn't quite what I was looking for. I wasn't quite getting the, the creative fulfillment out of it at that point. Um, and it just so happened my wife got a job in in Perth and we still knew some people in Dundee and sort of looked at what was going on there. It's quite an interesting time, um, sort of pre-V&A. Um, and, but I was so, sort of recognised there was a lot of, sort of creatives making a living. Mm-hmm. And that sort of gave me the confidence to go freelance. Um yeah, so that was maybe six years ago, something like that. Okay. Um, and I came back to Dundee yeah. then um, into a space called Fleet Collective, um, which was um, this old amazing sort of chambers. It used to be a Chambers of Commerce building. Okay. Um, and then the ground floor, it's now Brewdog, and it was a sort of the co-working space on the top. And uh, it was just a... I mean, it was an open plan space where there was lots of different kinds of creatives, mm-hmm. everything from video games to film to digital to graphics to um someone who made cookbooks and like there was oh, loads okay. of different people coming through and yeah you'd get a quite nice changeover and there was a lot of mixed skills and it was sort of the way where it was a great network 
of people because if someone in the room didn't know the answer to something or someone who could do something for you, they would know who to speak to. Um, so you felt like you had a nice support network mm. there. Um, and it was at that point, maybe a year, two years into freelancing, I'd had a bit of a dip in um, in work. So I was sort of running dry. And at that point, you start to panic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's often at that point that you, you start taking on things maybe that you shouldn't um, <laughs> or... Uh, offering rates that are less than you should and things like that and it's a kind of a dangerous time to get into and I, I was worried that I would get sucked into that and I was like there's got to be a better way that's not being too salesy or shouty or paying for advertising or things like that and um, seeming a little bit desperate there must be a more genuine way to get to get to meet people in the city mm-hmm. um, and at, at that point I was listening to quite a lot of podcasts and I kind of came to the conclusion that why does I mean why does the UK why does Scotland why does the creative communities not have any sort of podcast and mm-hmm. at that time I mean, creative podcasts in the UK were very few and far between yeah. um, and good ones were even like thinner on the ground yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, and that's changed a lot in the past few years mm-hmm. there's been a massive resurgence um, but at that point there was sort of I didn't see why there wasn't but I could see the need for it mm-hmm. um, and I could see that um, if I focused it around Dundee specifically it'd be a great way of not only for me to meet people but to share the learnings that I got from those conversations so it's an easy way to sort of share that that knowledge and understanding um, throughout the creative community mm-hmm. and sort of so I suppose there's a there's two motivations. There's the, the selfish one, which was like, I can go and have genuine conversations with lots of really interesting, brilliant people that are here. And sort of hopefully the next time they're looking for some kind of work, they might think of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the selfless part of it that was like, okay, let's build something that's yeah. for the for the wider community that um, like looking inwards is is all about here's all these great people here's stuff that you maybe didn't know about their past or here's some stuff you may, maybe didn't know they were up to um, and sort of getting under the surface and getting the real stories there not the shiny Instagram life yeah. that people live the stuff the failures <laughs> the, the, the projects that didn't happen the reasons they left their jobs or got sacked or, or whatever mm-hmm. um, all those things that you don't normally talk about mm-hmm or publicise um, but also that I think over time as it, as it built as a and you'll find this as well as a catalogue um, of amazing conversations yeah. like it's a showcase to the rest <laughs> of the world you're like yeah. look at all the brilliant things that are happening and all the great people that are here mm. um, all in one place yeah. and it's it's such a good thing yeah I think definitely like you know we could, we could easily finish that podcast this one that because definitely like your ethos of everything you know the way you started your podcast is very kind of similar to kind of um, how I started like you know Creative Me podcast and I just kind of want to like just kind of pick your brain for a minute like when you first started doing your podcast did you kind of really kind of plan it out very well did you do your research and what you think you know I, I mean I, I tried yeah I, I did a little bit but I think I mean we chatted about this before yeah. but you look back now on those first episodes and you're cringe and you're like oh please I, I mean you kind of I'm almost tempted just to get rid of them yeah. like, but then it's not fair to the people you interviewed mm-hmm. but like the, the sound quality yeah. and the organisation and the research that you do mm-hmm. and the way you conduct those conversations like it, it, it feels very amateur um, <laughs> but I think it's 
it's only natural. It's like it's when you start anything new. Yeah. Um, You're a beginner. Never, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you have to make those mistakes in order yeah. to learn from it. And mm-hmm. um, what's the thing? Like if you always do everything right, you're never going to learn anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you've got to take those first steps. And okay, they're not going to be great. But if people get something out of that, and you get something out of that, then mm. what's the harm? Yeah. And as long as you recognise that you need to get better constantly, then I don't I don't see a problem with that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I mean, I tried as much as I could, mm-hmm. and I applied the the sort of the, the graphic skills and background that I had to create the branding for it and the website and the sort of the style for the Instagram posts and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so that stuff came very naturally to me. But the audio side of things is a completely new world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I was really lucky that um, Ed Broughton, who sort of um, mashed together a bunch of kit that he had and some stuff that I bought to create the setup that I use for the podcast and he taught me basically the vast majority of stuff that I know about audio and levels and compression Mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff that you don't realise that you really need yeah (laughs) you can get like a fancy program and then all that kind of stuff but the point of having this program is actually for you to actually do it you know it's not going to do it all like you know yeah, you can't yeah. press a button and say edit you know <laughs> it's definitely like um, that's what I learned as well it's definitely like that kind of hard graft when you first kind of start it's like oh okay I'm in this now and the more episodes that you're producing along the lines you know going further down it's almost kind of like alright I just put that kind of pressure on myself. I don't know when you first started. Did you kind of put that immediate pressure? Where like, I have to have an episode ready and edited for this day release and stuff and hype it up and, you know, do you kind of like, are you now more in a better position? She said, well, I can take it a bit, little bit easier now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I tried to do one a week for a year mm-hmm. and it nearly killed me. I was yeah. like, and I think at the start, you're like, yeah, do it regular, push yourself, keep going, meet more people, do more things. And then you get around to it and like week 20 or 30 or whatever, you're like, I've got to do another one. Yeah. No, I've got to find more people. I've got mm-hmm. that that process of going from, okay, I need to do an episode to contacting someone, to, to f- arranging a time to meet, mm-hmm. setting up all your gear, getting the recording done, doing the edit, writing the descriptions, creating all the social posts, then promoting it. It's like, that's a long process. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that back to back, week on week on week, it takes its toll. It's insane, yeah. But then on, on the flip side of that, have you, like once you started to speak to people about it, and they're saying, oh, yeah, I've been listening to the podcast. And like maybe I was on episode 20 or something. They're like, yeah, I just got up to episode 10. Like, <laughs> and you start to realise people don't... Start from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, they, like, yeah. They, they, they don't... Like, they can't keep up sometimes mm. if you're creating so much content. So yeah. it's not... And I, I suppose it, it took a lot, at least a year, if not two, to realise it's about the quality of the stuff you're putting out. It's mm-hmm. not about people need it every week. Yeah. It's like people want it when it's there. Mm-hmm. And if you make sure it's really good, then you've got to sort of protect what you've created over this time because mm-hmm. people then see like your podcast as something that of quality with really interesting people. Yeah. And if you're a slave to a timeline then that's not going to be the case and you're just going to suffer. Whereas mm-hmm. if you can give yourself that bit of breathing space, breathing room, and produce it when it's right for you, then it's all the better for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% definitely agree with that. Uh, I, you know, it took me a while to get to that point, mm-hmm. you know, to actually be like, all right, I'm, I don't have to put this pressure on myself and nobody's actually banging at the door saying, give me this podcast episode. You know, it's just kind of like very much more chilled out and having that kind of like, autonomy and also control over it what you kind of created I kind of felt even for me when I was kind of doing an episode like every episode a week and having backlogging episodes and stuff that kind of felt like oh it's a little bit out of my control now and actually to kind of get that back and that focus it feels like actually yeah much more being in a better place as well 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think it's it's about finding that balance, mm -hmm. right? And you've got to be getting as much out of it as you're given to other people. Yeah, so, yeah, it, it definitely, for sure, it took me at least a year, if not two, to, to get to that point. Mm -hmm. um, and having, I think also a lot of it's about confidence. Yeah. Um, it's some, I mean, confidence is something that comes up on my podcast time and time again, and it, especially within the creative fields, having the confidence in yourself and in your work. Um, whether that's how much you charge, whether that's making decisions or, or whatever that is, I think having the confidence for me to edit less and put out conversations as is, having the confidence to control a, a sort of chat mm -hmm. in a way and make sure that it stays interesting for the listener but still enjoyable for the person that's um, the guest. Um, yeah, and having that confidence just to put it out when it's right, yeah. when it's ready. Yeah. Um, for sure. And since you kind of started the podcast, do you have you kind of been able to kind of fulfill like those kind of criteria that you kind of started off with, like meeting more people, creating that network as well? Oh, I mean, I it's, it's really funny. I, I could never have probably met as many people in such a short space of time <laughs> and had like if I tried to have coffee with ninety people in three years. Yeah. That's insane, mm -hmm. right? And to have a, like a meaningful conversation with those people, that I, that just isn't going to happen. Yeah. And getting a reason to go for coffee is uh, like, even that's even more difficult <laughs> than just saying, come and tell me about your life. Mm -hmm. uh, come and give me your story and we'll share that. And yeah. it means that at the end of that conversation, there, you have a tangible thing that you can share that is of benefit to both people involved, but mm -hmm. then also the loads of other people. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, it's, it's such, it's sort of like win-win. It sort of works. The format is, is perfect for like for both of us like, mm. and how we're sort of sharing that knowledge yeah. throughout. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of like, you know, when having that kind of taken a step back and also, you know, being invited to come and, come and you know, in your studio and record this episode as well. It's something that I didn't even think about when I first started, that that could even like be a possibility, you know, like, and I guess it's kind of like that natural transition of, you know, you can you do your podcast also via word of mouth. Mm -hmm. That then people say, "Oh, okay." And then you know, I guess that's going to happen for you a bit now when people just message you now and say, "Hey, we like what you're doing. Can I come on?" And you know, so yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And I think I always, I always worry that I I'm only getting people on the podcast that are within the bubble of people that I know. Yeah, because um, that's all, the, the whole point in this is to show the full range of great people who are here mm -hmm. um it's not about showing and chatting to people my friends and the people that i know or the people that i work with that's not what it's about mm -hmm. um so i'm i'm constantly trying to ask people about who they think would be good um or is there anyone that i don't know about that i should do that is doing great things or that has the potential to do great things and is building up or some really interesting portfolio or working on something really cool or mm -hmm. um also getting outside the sort of traditional creative fields so I had um, Jamie and Tasso who run the Newport restaurant um, and Jamie won MasterChef okay. and then ended up setting that up and it was like, they were great on the podcast because it's a whole other field and mm -hmm. like, and I mean, for us, there's like a whole other audience yeah. that could then tap into that, um, which is great and that's what I'm, I'm constantly trying to get out and there's areas that I sort of realised like things like music that have not really even touched the surface on Dundee okay. because it's not... It's not an area that I know many people in, um, and, but it's probably something that I should try and do more and speak to some people who do know that mm -hmm. scene and then sort of say, right, who would be good to get in front of it? Yeah. Mic. Yeah, I think for me, my experience, I've had like, you know, a few, like, couple of producers and there's like grime, hip hop, R&B, 
couple of like MCs as well. And my most recent episode was a band called The Girls. And it's just kind of like, almost like for me, seeing that, okay, that's the next kind of transition. And it was almost like, and independent businesses as well. You know, that seems to be coming up a lot now. So I think it's, it definitely seems like that that's the natural progression. You can have that bubble. But it's good for me. I like to get out of that little bubble that I'm kind of being in, that kind of creative and arts kind of community. And it's obviously for you, that's kind of like a big thing for you now as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, trying to get out of that as much as possible. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, they, they, it's that sort of, I think you, also doing this and, and then sort of trying to look for people, you end up meeting people and finding great people that are doing stuff that you never even knew about. <laughs> that they maybe don't even think is that interesting mm-hmm. um, but actually when you share that knowledge and that information what people are doing is really interesting and actually connecting them up with lots of other people could further all their practice or like make those connections so that make people ha- make things happen or like it may be that someone needs a space yeah, um, and someone has a space but if those two never connect then you never make that and it can be as simple as as meeting in the pub or yeah. listening to a podcast or whatever that is but if the mechanisms aren't there to make those connections and actually showcase what people are doing then we're all worse off for it mm-hmm. um, and I think that, that ultimately I suppose is the goal of what I want to achieve is, is to to help people make those connections much easier Yeah, yeah. and to have a place where they can come and say right okay ah oh, that person's in that thing maybe I should get in touch maybe I should speak to that person mm-hmm. and then maybe they speak to another person and then that just sort of that knowledge and understanding disseminates throughout whole community yeah I think like you know that's definitely like kind of like I think kind of principle that I kind of follow as well I kind of feel like social media we can all be connected but we're not really connected so you can follow someone and like something but I think if you had that that audio perspective you know that hearing someone saying like well this is my difficulties when I started doing this particular practice it's almost like someone's uh, someone's listening can connect to that and say oh that's brilliant I I felt like that so many times I wanted to quit I wanted to stop doing this but that person's kind of inspired me and I think for me a lot of kind of private messages or feedback that I've got is just like oh that guest that you had this on recently I really liked it I started following them I'm going to message them and start thinking oh that's definitely like that time even that couple of messages you think like right I've done it like I've done my a bit then to kind of help someone someone along to actually get back feel a bit more inspired about what they're doing as well I think that's so important yeah yeah for mm. sure I think that like what you touched on there like self-doubt is yeah. massive mm. I mean it's like I mean I, I'm sure we've both both had it even yeah. just starting the podcast like, <laughs> but um, is this worth it is yeah. it like and then you start to speak to people and um, uh, like they all experience that same self-doubt we feel like we're muddling through and just mm-hmm. sort of winging it a bit and I think actually that's in some ways that's the best way to be mm-hmm. you, you'll have your comfort zone and then you need to wing it a little bit Yeah, I mean there's definitely an area where you shouldn't push that too far um, but yeah pushing yourself just a little bit to get outside that comfort zone that's where the interesting stuff starts to happen yeah sure. absolutely yeah I've definitely come up with a comfort zone a lot I think in the like um, I'll say for myself I'm definitely like an introvert anyway by nature but I think like since doing the podcast it's definitely helps me my confidence and kind of self-esteem and actually knowing my worth a bit as well and actually think like doing this podcast is actually worthwhile I guess for you you've kind of seen that I don't know if you had the kind of periods where like actually I don't need to keep doing this a bit. Like you want to give it a, like a sustained break, but because you kind of created this kind of momentum now and then people are very much invested in it as well. So does, do you think that kind of helps you kind of keep maintaining doing the podcast as well? 
Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I took a big break last year. We had a big, um, like in the, the day job running the design studio, mm. we had uh, the Dundee Design Festival, which was an enormous project, the biggest one I've ever taken on. And I just had to go, I, I just don't have time for the podcast. Mm-hmm. There's too much going on. Um, and I had to dedicate all my stuff to my like day job, essentially. Um, and yeah, there was a nagging worry in my mind being like, yeah, but it's been like so many months and like, yeah. and then, but then I'd released an episode um, this week for the first time and since probably about May last year, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and I'd say maybe it was a bit later than that, but that doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, and it was kind of like the, the numbers are still there, the audience is still there. Okay, maybe it's a little bit less, yeah. but there's still that core of people who are interested in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, over time you build that that trust with people and that, that knowledge and that whatever you create is going to be great. And I think you get that thing yourself where you know, even like on like Instagram or whatever, you see someone post and you're like, oh, the stuff they post is always good. I'll look at their story or I'll look at their post. They're like, <laughs> oh, that person, I'm not really bothered about what they say. And it's like, you want to, to build that relationship with the, an audience mm-hmm. that they know whatever you put out is going to be good. Yeah. Um, and granted, you're going to get people who will dip in and out for episodes here and there. Well, yeah, that's it. I think you definitely get those main subscribers and you get the people that will kind of dip in and out as well. And I think it's good for me, it's kind of like, it's all good. I think it's like, as long as you kind of like just have that audience and you kind of feel like people are so engaged with what you're kind of actually putting out there. I think for me, that's all kind of like, this still being like the main thing. Um, one thing I kind of wanted to ask you, like how's the podcast been received in like Dundee so far? Yeah, I mean, all... Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think. I've had any negative feedback, mm. which not like seriously. Yeah. But I think uh, people have maybe picked up on a couple of little bits of editing here and there, or something. <laughs> yeah, or some things that have been said. But I mean, generally, people like everyone I speak to anyway. They seem to love it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's that way where even if even if you don't hear anything. Um, like still valuable things can be coming of that so people mm-hmm. can still be listening to it you'll see the numbers sort of slowly ticking up in the mm-hmm. listens which is great um, but like I don't get a lot of Instagram messages or like mm-hmm. even response to tweets and whatever yeah. but I, then going out and speaking to people you realise that yeah there's still an audience there there's still people listening there's still people getting a lot from it mm-hmm. just because it's a more passive experience it doesn't mean it's any less valuable mm-hmm. um, so I feel like I've, I've managed to get to a point where I have a, a, a good audience and it's I mean you've got to kind of be realistic you're never going to have a crazy number of followers mm-hmm. because I've created a mech like a a structure where it's focused on a very small, like localized <laughs> area. Yeah, same here. Yeah, so, yeah. and the the value is not like to be I don't know sponsored by Squarespace or yeah, whatever and yeah. make a lot of money off mm. it. That was never never the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I don't know at, at a localized level if it's even possible to make yeah. money off a podcast. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't, I know we chatted about this before, but yeah. like, um, I've never like really taken on any funding for the podcast um, and I, I know you sort of mentioned Patreon yeah. but it's never something that I felt is quite right yeah um, I kind of find this a little bit difficult and if especially not having having come to terms with it not being a weekly driven podcast mm-hmm. um, and like the amount of content that I create is is going to be defined by me and mm-hmm. I don't need to um, like regularly put it out I think 
for Patreon, I feel if, if people are paying you money, there's a responsibility there. Yeah. So that changes your relationship with the podcast mm-hmm. quite a lot. Um, although I've done little bits and pieces on the side, making merch and posters mm-hmm. and things like that. But I don't know what your sort of take on the whole like financial funding side of it. And- yeah, I think for me, well, I'm self-funded too. Like, you know, it's, you know, I have my studio space, which I rent and the kind of new equipment I bought is obviously through merch kind of stuff that I do through like Big Up The Dean and stuff. And I, I kind of felt like, yeah, it, it's, it, I like the responsibility of actually owning that having that responsibility that's actually okay I pay my rent and I'm very much in control I think like I did kind of like you know put a post up on Patreon on my Instagram last year and I didn't, I didn't kind of follow it through I probably had that similar kind of feeling it's like okay that's me putting pressure back on myself again and it's an unnecessary kind of pressure it's almost kind of like you always have to have like almost way more content to give people and it's almost like oh, I have you know some people who who are your pa- Patreons who support you can have exclusive kind of access to stuff that other people don't don't get access to. I kind of felt like, uh, not really sure about that. So I kind of just left it as it is and didn't really follow it through. But the situation where I'm in now, I, I prefer it much more because like I can come and go as I please to my studio. I don't have to feel like, right, oh, I've got to get this done for my Patreon followers and stuff, you know, because I'm not, I'm not getting paid and stuff. So like, you know... I've had little kind of opportunities to be paid for doing like talks and um, Look Again Festival, got paid to do a couple of chats for them like last year. And that was kind of really cool. But for me, it's just like, I have a full-time job. I like my full-time job. I never had that kind of mindset that, yes, I'm going to be a podcaster full-time. This is not going to happen very much so with the podcast I'm doing, very much for the northeast of Scotland creatives and artists so I'm very much just happy with that and you know I don't want to kind of push it in any further way to put pressure on myself so yeah that's, that's, that's kind of my thoughts on it a bit I think yeah, yeah. what about um, so like advertising yeah I don't know I, I, yeah I think well <clears throat> advertising I guess like it's something that you for me I think yeah I could probably work around with a local kind of business independent business that's something that I probably would explore but I know for me probably have that confidence to maybe approach someone here's my business plan <laughs> what do you guys kind of think and I said oh my listeners are not like high in the thousands like every like episode but this is what you're getting and stuff I don't know I think it's like something that I probably thought about and another kind of really delved into a bit further I don't know for yourself if you kind of thought about doing that yeah so very early on in the podcast I had a guest on and they sort of chatted about okay maybe there would be like a corporate sponsor available because mm. um, they knew some company who were interested in sort of getting more involved in the creative community yeah. um, but for me it felt like bringing in a corporate sponsor was a bit weird um, because whatever I did had to be focused on the creative community and yeah. it would have to be of interest to all the listeners. <laughs> so anything that I was to advertise on it would have to be that, I'd have to meet that criteria. Um, and that just didn't feel quite right at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a couple of ads. So for um, Dundee Contemporary Arts DCA, um, we did a run for their print studio. So we did like a, a three episode run for that. And there was a production on at the Rep, uh, Joanne Clevier, um, so he did an episode mm-hmm. and then after that we did a couple of episodes just uh, with sort of trails with um, stuff about the production that was being put on 
which worked really well because I felt that it was of interest to mm -hmm. the to the audience. Mm -hmm. um, it was just me chatting. It wasn't like a sort of, here's a pre-recorded ad. But you just slotted in in the middle yeah. of the episode, yeah. yeah. It wasn't quite, I don't know if you listened to Adam Boxton's yeah. podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to create someone on that yeah. polished level with jingles and stuff. It was just me genuinely chatting about it because it was something that I believed in and knew yeah. the quality of and, mm -hmm. and sort of felt it was valuable to that community. So it, it's... It's not something I've ever pursued since mm -hmm. then. Um, if opportunities were to arise, I would probably look at it again, yeah. given the sort of criteria. Does it like, is it going to be good? Yeah, I think that, you know, my kind of view is that I, I probably wouldn't want to go down the kind of corporate kind of route. I think it would be someone that kind of flows or works well, like that's a, like an independent business, mm -hmm. you know, that would work well for like the listeners of the podcast as well. But something, yeah, that's it's not really kind of come up you know for me and stuff but like you know for like you I think I'll be interested but it has to be the right kind of fit as well you know like yeah something yeah it's it's it's, it's kind of strange you see like these like podcasts I think like in America seem to be like way further beyond than in like the UK yeah. like we're speaking off mic about you know um in Scotland like when you started there wasn't really like a lot of podcasts like and I think in London England there might be some podcasts but in Scotland it seems to be like the no man's land of people um, creating audio content of like interests I don't know why that is you know so it's like so to have this conversation of you and we do something with very much the same lines it's so rare yeah you know yeah, sure. yeah yeah but I mean like it's it's something that I'd love to see more of. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like if we could get more people podcasting, more people listening to podcasts, yeah. we could keep sharing that, mm -hmm. the the knowledge, even if it's like about random topics, it doesn't yeah. really matter. It's just a nice way of getting, like I, I just love listening to like a variety of different podcasts. Yeah, same here. And for you, have you ever thought about going down the lines of like producing podcasts for other people? Um. I suppose I've, the, the opportunity has never really been there. I've never really thought about it. Quite in the producer role, if mm -hmm. you like. Um, so the, when we when I set up uh, after I left the sort of fleet collective that uh, co-working space, uh, myself and Lyle Bruce set up Agency of None, which uh, is a design studio. So mm -hmm. currently in the basement of Agency <laughs> of None. I should have said that to start. So. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, so we managed to sort of cordon off a bit of a space and put some carpet and some curtains up to sort of soundproof it a little bit um, and have a permanent podcast set up which I mean saves so much time you just come down put an SD card in and you're, you're away um, so we have sort of opened that up to other people to come in as a sort of a loose sort of community resource we haven't widely publicised it or anything like that but the opportunity is there for people to come and pay like 10 quid to come and do an episode or a couple of episodes um, in a morning or, or whatever because um, that's something that I mean I'd really love to see more podcasts and it, it's, it can be cost prohibitive to get into it I mean mm -hmm. maybe talking 100, 300 quid to get that initial set up then you've got to get a laptop to edit on and yeah. that sort of stuff and you've got to host it somewhere which costs and so there's a little bit of a, a and like an uptake cost mm -hmm. and if we can help sort of alleviate that cost a little bit in the first instance and help people get up and running then that'd be great because I'd love to see more more podcasts podcast. yeah I've definitely been of the mindset as well in Aberdeen there's a lot of people that kind of message me about getting the podcast kind of started and it seems to kind of falter not on my part but I think the people they're working they've got everything's kind of going on and I'm always kind of like dropping in I had a friend actually she started a podcast and I'm gonna I'm not gonna 
put her name out on blast on this as well because she knows she knows who she is. And um, I was kind of said to her like, oh no, she definitely you know kind of carry on because like the concept that she kind of got is really cool and really interesting. She does like a crowdfunding thing. Yeah, well, yeah, she, she's listening. She'll know who it's like <laughs> I'm talking about. She has a crowdfunding group um, on a monthly, like every three months in Aberdeen. And is I think she wants to kind of have a concept of actually following up people who came to kind of do their little talks and stuff to get funded, like like more community kind of crowdfunding. It's like, ah, oh, it's really amazing. It's definitely following that through. But, you know, our responsibilities, I totally get that. So I kind of feel like, you know, there's definitely massive changes happening seems like i said to you you know off mic like in dundee like you guys had the vna opening up there's so much media publicity but i remember you saying that it seems like seemed to kind of like die down a little bit now yeah i think it's that it's a natural effect where you have this big new shiny thing that Mm. opens and all the focus all the all the you get start to get focused in nice like lists yeah. and stuff and oh top 10 and yeah. like that. And, yeah. no it's just great at the time and it's great for raising the profile but mm-hmm. that's never sustainable like yeah. you just can't the visitor numbers in the first few months that excitement that newness that, that the, you can't replicate that that's mm-hmm. a once once in a lifetime or once in whatever um, opportunity and there's inevitably going to be a dip and I remember I mean I think we were doing some research as a sort of city group um, around tourism and we went to Liverpool and we're looking at the, the effects of city culture and things like that and they, they were talking about this inevitable dip mm-hmm. and it's about managing the rise up um, beyond that dip to get to a level which you then are able to sustain uh, over a longer period of time and I think that's that's kind of where we're getting to now we've seen the dip we just need to push on through and sort some of the problems that we've got mm-hmm. um, some of the issues and then I mean those are many like every city mm. and they're not going to be solved overnight but yeah. if you've got enough people pushing in the right directions mm. with good ideas um, and you can start to fund that a little bit then you can actually see that that change so we are in this sort of post-focus time of the spotlight yeah. or whatever you want to call it um, that happened um, when the V&A opened um, but yeah it's sort of about there's always been a great creative community here mm-hmm. and there, as far as I'm concerned there always will be mm-hmm. um, and the opening of a new building is not going to change that yeah. um, there's still lots of great people doing great things um, and we just need to continue that momentum so this is one thing I'm going to ask you does the local authority are they very much in support of that the kind of creativity and kind of culture like not just from the VNA kind of perspective but like the more local ground level are they behind people supporting like small organisations um, so there, I suppose there's a, it's a long answer to that question. Okay. But I'll try and give you a, a quick one. Um, yeah, so we, I mean, a lot of what we do as a sort of as a design studio, mm-hmm. um, we uh, work quite closely with uh, the UNESCO City of Design team, mm-hmm. which are part of Leisure and Culture, which is part of the uh, like the local authorities, are part of the council. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do a lot of great stuff, sort of engaging um, designers within the city, um, but their remit is purely in design. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Creative Dundee, which um, I don't know what your equivalent is. Is it Aberdeen Inspired? or Maybe Aberdeen Inspired, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I mean, Creative Dundee are really about uh, amplifying creatives and helping them with their mm-hmm. practice. So I suppose, relative to your question, that they are maybe the closest um, body that are responsible for like supporting yeah. small businesses um, and I think there are elements of things that the local authority does but as with any local authority the budgets are super tight um, 
and sometimes they can offer in-kind help or ways to support it in other means um, but I mean I think everyone can always be doing more mm-hmm. uh, and I think uh, we've had a few conversations with John Alexander who's the sort of head of local authority and he is massively enthusiastic he really understands the the potential of uh, creative and creative businesses uh, he wants to see change but he also appreciates the the intricacies and the difficulties mm-hmm. of actually making that happen mm-hmm. at ground level um, but I mean, to be fair, he is very like approachable mm-hmm. and very up for helping as much as he can. That's cool. Um, but making things happen, especially in a local authority or like even in a public sector way, is it takes a while. <laughs> it's a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's it's hard work to mm-hmm. get there. Um, and there's a lot of barriers and a lot of things to break down. Um, but that's why those agencies. So that's why um, UNESCO City of Design exists. That's why Creative Dundee exists. Um, they can help do a lot of that stuff for mm-hmm. you. So there's definitely a desire. There's definitely issues and mm-hmm. things to fix and things to work on. Um, and none of it's going to be easy. Um, but we just have to keep keep plugging away. Yeah. And before we kind of finish up, you're hitting a milestone as well. So what, so what are you going to do to kind of recognise coming up to nearly 100 episodes? <laughs> so I've got, a, I've got a thing about humans... Uh, <laughs> being fixated on round numbers <laughs> and this like oh we're at hundreds uh, and I did it myself I did like oh I got to whatever, like however many listens and all that sort of stuff and I was like actually no I just hate this perpetual like oh I made it to a zero and like uh, I'll celebrate that and all the rest of it and then like we hang our hats on 10 year anniversaries when actually the day before the day after is no more or less significant than the actual day mm. um and yeah, maybe I just sound a bit bad humbug, but like, <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to do something not on the hundredth episode. Okay. Uh, I've not decided quite yet which one, but in the lead up to it, I'm going to do a bit of a special episode where um, I maybe take a little bit of time to reflect on what's happened over all these episodes and all the great comments and things that have been said throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'd love to say I'm going to go back and listen to every episode and pick out loads of quotes and stuff, but I, I genuinely don't think I've got the time. <laughs> so it took me a year enough, just to do yeah. that. Um, but uh, I think what I try and do is pull out a lot of the common themes. So things we talked about, um, mm. about self-doubt, about success, um, about confidence, like all these themes that seem to come up time and time again. Um, turning points in people's careers, that's really significant when people change from having a like a full-time job to, to making their creative <laughs> career or making a start to their creative career. Um, so all those things, I might just pick them out and do a little bit of chat around them and what I've learned about it and what mm-hmm. my perception of that all is and then open that up to questions from anyone so that yeah just a bit good, of man. a Q&A of whatever you want to know or whatever right. you want to ask or if there's any suggestions or any of that sort of stuff so that's cool and do that as a, as a milestone episode oh nice one yeah. and for the listeners so where can they kind of find Creative Chit Chat Dundee or those kind of like online the social media stuff yeah sure um, so it's at CCC Dundee on Twitter, Instagram. Ugh, I mean, does anyone really use Facebook anymore? That's just not yeah. important. <laughs> um, and it's cccdundee.com. Cool. Um, get in there. Like, I mean, it's on iTunes, Spotify, all the usual places you'll find podcasts. You should be able to search Creative Chit Chat and find it there. So. Cheers. Well, thank you, Ryan, for coming on the podcast in your own studio <laughs> thank you very much for inviting me down and being a guest on the Create Me podcast I really appreciate it man and, and yeah I hope you guys enjoy this conversation and catch up with you soon thanks very much cheers
So that was the podcast crossover with Ryan McLeod from Creative Chit Chat Dundee podcast. I really appreciate, you know, the opportunity to go down to Dundee and record um, this episode with Ryan. So thanks again, Ryan, for your time and letting me use um, your studio space as well. Um, I actually heard of Ryan's podcast. It was last year. Somebody from Aberdeen um, that told me about his podcast. So I got in touch with him. I think we just kind of just followed each other and kind of just started off from there. And it's really cool to actually finally kind of get that time to record this conversation and also I think Ryan will be releasing um, my chat for his podcast this week as well so it's kind of like a double hitter of podcast ramblings this week so yeah um, thanks again Ryan for getting involved with the Creative Me podcast and I'm going to put all the links to um, Creative Chit Chat Dundee in the episode description and yeah as usual more kind of interesting chats coming up in the weeks ahead so yeah I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I'll see you soon Thank you.